Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, everybody. We love doing this. Jen and I get together, we watch the show, and we share our thoughts with you. And, and we hope that you're enjoying it. And if you are enjoying it and you want more, then you should follow us at Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you guys listen to podcasts. This one's a really special episode. It's one of your this favorites is, this week. I know, it is. The dancing is so beautiful is well, what it is. Yeah, all the coming-of-ageness. You guys yeah. enjoy this week. Enjoy. What's up, David Delaney? What's up, Jen Stone? How are you? What's going on? What's I don't up? know. What's, what's uh? What's, what are you doing? Like, hey, bro. Hey, broski. When's the last time you saw uh, Point Break? Never. What the fuck? <laughs> How could you not have seen that I'm movie? I'm not. I don't love Keanu. Like, every, uh, Keanu? Okay. Ta- blah, 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 Come on. Here's the thing. I respect him. I love him. I think he's great. Uh, there was oh, a, I love you respect him. Just fucking listen to me. Jesus Christ. No, the the there was like a great. I love the Norman Reedus show Ride, where they like ride motorcycles and talk. Mm-hmm. His episode was awesome. Okay, but I'm just not a person where I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta go to see the Keanu movie. Like he's not my Roman Empire of actors, like TC or Nicolas Cage's for you. I'm sorry, but Keanu is like every dude's guy. No, no, listen, I guys love Keanu Reeves. I'm I'm a big fan, and I'll tell you Which why. I get. There's a lot to I, like, but I used to I used to make fun of him. Right, mm-hmm. whoa, or whatever. Yeah, it's Keanu's not, acting class. It's not that easy to be the lead guy. I mean, I'm the oh, the, like the, the sidekick or the friend or the yeah. thing, and you, oh, you have all this stuff, yeah, and you go. You kind of have to be a little flat because yeah. the story happens to you. I mean, you. I I did a pilot uh, the same year. The the Warner Brothers, the mm-hmm. WB started mm-hmm. and they made four old. pilots. <laughs> Fuck you, Jen Stone. No, <laughs> they made they made four pilots. Yeah. One is mine, was Seattle Emergency, okay. and then this other one, three, and then another one that I don't know about ghosts, and then Dawson's Creek. Yeah. So they picked up three in like Dawson's Creek. Season. But but I played a paramedic that was on patrol yeah. around okay. around town, and and Carlton Cuse was the guy who he, he had created Nash Bridges, which was out there, um, the Don Johnson show, and I had to say. Uh, we have to intubate. Where's the defibrillator? And you know, I mean, that those are that's totally easy for you. But when you're an actor, you know, and you have to say that, like, yeah. um, intubate. It's a different language. Yeah, it is a different language. But also, it makes fuck. Me, why was I saying that? Because I'm sure it was a code of some sort. But mm. I also, too, my brain broke a little bit when you're like, we have to intubate. Where's the defibrillator? I'm like, those right. are two totally different. Systems. Oh no, no, no. Here's what I was saying. Okay, <laughs> thank you, brain. It was like oh. being the lead oh, of yeah. a show. I, the, the arc had to be there. Like, where was I, where am I going? Uh, You're seeing a lot of me. So it was a little, I had to bring it down a little bit, you know? So that was interesting. And that made me appreciate Mr. Reeves, Mr. Keanu. And by the way, He's like the most fucking charitable person yeah. and doesn't get any. He seems like a beautiful human being. Uh, yeah. I, I, I met, oh, I forgot. I met him. I've met him twice. Um, how cool. do I say this story? I was at a friend's house yeah. and I was sober for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the back room. They're like, uh, David, we're closing the door and you're sober, but we're going to party. And I was like, 
I'm okay. That's yeah, fine I with can me. Be around it. And there was a lot of uh, party material. And I was like, Streamers? <laughs> Confetti? Then, yeah. Sprinkled? Uh, and then I was like, oh my God, there was like 10 people. I was like, everybody's going to like really like go for it. Raging Cajun. And he did all of it. And I was like, holy shit, he's going to fucking die. You know? But that's why he's like, duh, yeah, because his brain has been on drugs for a long time. I don't know. I think he's admitted that he's done drugs. I don't know if I'm, I'm not letting I think everybody at that book. particular time, like in his, because this is when he was younger, right? Yeah. Um, well, no, well I obviously, mean, duh, it was when he was younger, but it's got to be during at least that, like, 20 years ago. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, time, I feel like a lot of people did drugs and then things like like uh, River Phoenix happened and right. like people became more cognizant of the risk. Yeah. This, I was, think. this was after that, after he passed away in front of the Viper Room. But mm. I will say this. I called my sponsor the next day and I was like, hey, I was at a party and I was having fun. I felt okay. But then this happened. He's like, yeah. maybe you don't, don't go do there. that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you know. don't go into the lion's den. Yeah. And, and then, like- and then I went over another time to my buddy's house and he was just there watching football mm-hmm. and it was me, him, a couple of guys. And these two girls came in and they just like, Stood in the corner and just looked at him, stared at him the whole time. I was like, ah, I'm so awkward, so uncomfortable. You yeah. know, it just was weird. But yeah, that was my Keanu story. I, I don't know if story. I should have told that, but whatever. No, we can it. cut it later. No, let's like not cut it. All right. We're not cutting it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, we're talking about the Quinceanera episode. You love this episode. Is this your favorite episode? It is my favorite episode. And one. I got to tell you, in rewatching it, I there were so many things that happened that I forgot, you yeah. know? Um, well, it was. It was, there was a like lot of stuff. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, something Right. Like that. But I mean, for it being my favorite episode, you would yeah. think I would remember. Well, but you, yeah. The one thing that really stood out was the dance that I had with Selena yeah. because it's the best moment. this was when it started. Like she was teaching me how to do the box step or whatever mm-hmm. when we were just rehearsing. I mean, we don't do that in the episode, but it was, it was a nice bonding moment, you know? I feel cute. like it's, I feel like this episode and we'll get into it more obviously, but I feel like this episode is a lot like the magic carpet episode where it like shows a nice dynamic to Jerry and Alex where, you know, it's not just about her getting in trouble or being sort of scolded or, and finger waved. And, and you know, I, I think it's it shows a nice, like, the daddy-daughter aspect, which is so lovely. Yeah, I love that dynamic. Alex is doing this for her mom so that she gets yeah. to have, like, her... It's a beautiful... It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a beautiful episode while also being funny and silly and all the things that Wizards is. But, yeah, it's, it's a nice... It's a really nice sentimental episode. I mean, we're going to start with the reading and everything, but yeah. I just want to say when, when, when David... Becomes the dancer. Yeah. When he embodies, you know, it's about the switching yeah, yeah. spell with the bodies. He really did a good job of like becoming uh, yeah. uh, someone else, you know? Well, he, David's funny. Yeah. He David's did a really good job funny. Of that. Like, there's a lot of moments where, especially when David like really embraced Justin as a mm-hmm. character, like that was when he like shined. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when he got, when he got out of the whole thing of like, oh, I want to look a certain way or whatever, which I feel like is always death for an actor to be. It's ego, right? Well, yeah, the ego, but like being aware of what you look like or, or being aware of or how something is rather than just being in the moment. Right. And I didn't just mean David ego. I meant actors like Burt Reynolds was offered <clears throat> the Nicol- uh, Jack Nicholson part in, in uh, um, fuck. Easy Rider. No, Give me no, a time no. frame. What time frame? It, it's with... Uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine and Daryl... Hen- no, uh, uh, it's... Oh, son of a bitch. This is just the worst when you can't fucking remember something. I know. Uh, Terms of Endearment. 
Oh, yeah, so I would not have gotten that one. Bert turned it down to do the movie The Man Who Loved Women, hmm. and I don't think he wanted to do it because in the movie Jack Nicholson is a, you know, retired astronaut who's fat and drunk and whatever, you know, but then has a has a a, a change and then starts dating her and it, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful uh, uh film yeah, if you that haven't seen it. That one I cuz I love movies but like that particular like like 80s you know, late seventies kind of cinema, which there's a lot of really good stuff in there. It just hasn't grasped my imagination as much as like forties, fifties, sixties movies, you I know? Think it's so Deborah Winger is the daughter and it's really good. But I know Bert I've heard passing that up yeah. was I think ego because he didn't want to be like fat and, you know, yeah. all these kind of things. Yeah, like I said, it gets in the way. It gets in the way, I think, as any kind of artist, like your ego. But anyway, okay. We're going down a rabbit hole and we haven't even gotten started yet. No rabbit holes. Okay, so season one, episode twenty, uh Quinceanera first aired August tenth, two thousand and eight. And was written by Gigi and Perry, one of our favorite duos. I mean, we love everybody, but um, we like Gigi and Perry a lot. It's a long time ago. I, yeah, so, Gigi yeah, and Perry are the best. I, I, I'm, I've been waiting to have lunch with them, and, and it hasn't happened I know. yet. I'm, I know. I'm, I was texting uh, Gigi, and she was, like, out of town and then got back in town. I think I, I'll have to text her back about, you know. Just going to lunch, but but wait a minute, two thousand eight—that's mm-hmm. a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, which is a little scary to think about. Yeah, um, but the family prepares for Alex's quinceanera, a traditional Hispanic celebration to mark her fifteenth birthday. She doesn't want one uh, much to Teresa's disappointment, and Alex finds out her disappointment is because she never got to have a dream quinceanera of her own. So she uses magic to make her mom's birthday dreams come true, which is very sweet, yeah. and it's a it's a wonderful bonding moment between the mother and the daughter. I did not know what a quinceanera was. Did you prior no, to this? No, I didn't know what one was. Cause I mean, it's such, it's a cultural thing. And so it's like, if it's not your culture, you know, you're not, or if you're not around, you know, um, anyone of Hispanic or like Me- Mexican heritage, you know, you're not going to be exposed to that kind of thing. Right. And so, and, and it's all the more reason to travel and get out there and expose yourself to different cultures and different people because Otherwise, well, you're it's just a beautiful stuck with thing. It's it's gore. Very, oh my god! It's a you know, it's yeah. it's like having a, a bat mitzvah or a, um, or sweet sixteen. Yeah. You know, because that was my like uh, Western equivalent to it, right? Right. Um, but there was one like like um, tradition in it that I didn't know because I learned a lot about it. You know, the during shoes. This, this yeah, the shoes the from the flat to the heel. That's so yeah. Because I think every girl, regardless of where you come from, can relate to you know, learning how to walk in heels and having that signify something. Very difficult. It's very difficult. Do you like that I know that? That's why I don't do it. Jen, if you can't, you can't see Jen right now. She was like, that's why I don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like there's many, most parties, once I have like a whiskey or two, the shoes coming off, Right. you know, and then I just find myself walking and like nasty or like really painful pavement. (laughs) I love the fact that you aren't, why aren't you, why do you not, why do you know about wearing heels, David? It's because I did the 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 in the movie. Uh, oh uh, Jen, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Maria and I switch, and and I'm I'm dressed like her. Well, I didn't want to call you I, out. No, I don't want to call you but, out and be like, "Why do you know I was, about wearing I was heels?" Even wearing <laughs> pla- platforms, and I like yeah. twisted. I mean, and platforms are going. the comfortable ones, right? And, platforms and, are supposed to the ones that, the ones that you see that are like flat. Yeah, those ones are the ones that are super painful because it's literally just your foot with all that pressure on it. Yeah. Just say this so made cool. heels. When, when the, uh, the in Barbie, when her foot came out of the shoe. Oh yeah. You know, it's like it, it stayed that it way. It stuck that way, yeah. But then she became a woman. Flat-footed, and, flat-footed, and, were, yeah. and, flat-footed and sad, <laughs> like all of us are. 
Okay. Um, okay. So we start in the lair with Jerry uh, warning the kids not to uh, use or talk about magic in front of their grandma, Magdalena. Then he gets back to mind with this week's lesson of body switching. Um, you can switch bodies with anyone by saying the two names and saying, uh, Kabia Kapuram, Mia Kapura, Suanuma Navi. Oh my God. What if our bodies just switched by Well, accident? I would have to say our names. Hey, um, <laughs> the only caveat to body switching is that if you have, it's kind of like a Cinderella thing. You have to switch back, uh, by sundown, sundown, or, or you'll you be stay stuck like that forever, forever in that body. And I love when you and Selena switched in yeah. there. Smooth, scratchy, <laughs> smooth, scratchy. Like it just—you guys did a really good job. And what did she say? She said, "Oh, it's really hot in here. That's going on." You yeah, know, yeah. Her imitation of me, and then I—I. I, but of course, she did your your your. Uh, it, it's, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was great. It, it was, was really so cute. Fun. It was fun to see, and um, yeah, it was it was interesting because I had forgotten a lot of this episode and I made myself laugh really you do hard this all the time when, when I was like, you I'm yourself. going shopping and yeah. I, and I, I flipped my hair back and then bounced out of the room. You yeah. Know? You're like, well, funny. I have your credit card. Yeah. It was really <laughs> cute. Um, so meanwhile, Teresa and Harper are both planning Alex's quinceanera. And I think this is the first time we mentioned in the show that Alex is half Mexican and half Italian. I don't think we've list, like, I, I think this is the first time it's like blatantly said. Mm -hmm. I think it's suggested at, like we talk about it, like Jerry's like Italian heritage a little bit, but I think this is the first time she's like, oh, I'm Italian and whatever you are, like right. she says. Um, so I think that's that's interesting that we finally get to know it. I mean, what, 20 episodes in. Right. Um, they tell Alex about the quinceanera. Quinceanera. I just added, Lord. Quinceanera. Quinceanera. Um, making it my own language. Um, that's the party after the quinceanera. The quinceanera. <laughs> you know what's interesting? The the you know the dynamic of of uh, a female becoming a woman mm -hmm. can sometimes happen uh, earlier or later or whatever when when yeah. she gets her period. You know. And and that yeah. can be Jen looks at me like what the <laughs> fuck we're gonna talk about this. No, I'm just laughing because I'm re I'm recalling the episode where we went with the tiger where we went on and on oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. With, with the, well, the you're not allowed curb to be your on dragon. Set. Yeah, but yeah, we went on and on about periods forever. And I'm like that was my face. So I'm like we're doing this again well, because the the the. the Tiger smells blood and 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 it makes them uh, yeah. you know hungry. I was watching Star Wars when I first got my period. Fun fact. The the first TMI. episode the first the first um no they were the older I love it she gets her period during Star Wars I'm like which Star Wars was it <laughs> no I think it was the um I think it was the not the first like one two three no 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 they were they were three four or five I think yeah. I was watching Return of the Jedi Oh, Jen the fact that you know the numbers. Points. My brother was that. a big Star Wars okay, fan, yeah. so he he made sure that I could stay. Empire in Strikes Back is my, is my it Strikes Back is yeah. my favorite. Um, so when <laughs> anyway in this episode, I'm not accepting of uh, Jerry's not accepting. My dad still the, doesn't accept the fact that, I'm that an you're adult. a female. Yeah, I think if adult. I ever had a child, it would be the second immaculate conception. Well, like it's interesting because I. You know, my dad always was like, don't, you know, talk about sex. It's it's something that we all experience. And, yeah. you, you know, you're interested in something. Let's get the information well, it's like across. cursing. You give it power by the yes. intention you put behind it or the power you give it in not talking about it. Right, right. right. And I, I, I did my best job as a dad to, you know, uh, uh, I think I told you this before. You did, like, right? I like interviewed you had, like, all my friends and, like, and everybody. Kind of and no, I was great. like, what, what is going on with this? And we didn't have any kind of... Uh, um, 
symbolic time, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, um, of, you know, you're you're now a grown up, you know, kind of thing. I think that's but, when you get your prostate checked as a man. Moon River. Uh, I think that's, um, that, <laughs> what? That's from Fletch. <laughs> He he gets a prostate exam and 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 Chevy Chase goes a moon river. That's hilarious. That's really funny. Actually. But also, if you're ever getting a prostate exam, the funny no, thing is, is, hey, this? would you please buy me some flowers first? That's the joke. No. In this episode, he's not accepting of her growing up, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's you know as a father, that's yeah. selfish. Don't stop your child from, you know, maturing yeah. into the next zone. Um, just make sure they know not how to not get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho, um, <laughs> everyone's like, so what are we talking about this? We're digressing we're so t- hard. Wait a minute. We're talking about a father not accepting the fact that yeah. his daughter is ready to to yeah. grow up you yeah. know and that's it that's a, that's but, a big but deal. i could imagine like when you because here's the thing so i heard somebody explain it one time that guys know how guys are right so to have this child that you've seen from birth and you brought into the world and it, it's a woman and knowing you know the kind of thing talking about like your first time kind of thing no guys know how guys are meaning they want to no, have but- sex they don't care isn't that what it is? No, I'm, I'm just in general of like guys, like guys can be tricky. And so like, I think guys know how guys are in the world and it's hard to be a woman navigating that. And so, you know, I, I think it can be scary for a dad, I would imagine, to let a girl go into the world with Fucking that way. terrifying, That's what I'm Jen. saying. Yeah, That's what course. I'm trying to say. I'm not talking about first times or whatever. I'm just saying existing in the world. I mean, the fact that like men's biggest fear, they did some survey years ago, but men's biggest fear is rejection. Women's biggest fear is being murdered when it comes to like dating. Oh my God. It's true. But that's the thing. No, is, that's like, intense. But like there's stuff where it's... Like there's just stuff girls have to think about yeah. that that would never occur to a, like a guy because yeah, you don't I mean, have to consider the same thing. A man going on a date probably won't think about getting. Have you have you ever walked to your car by yourself with your keys between your fingers? Oh fucking course! Oh. I'm terrified all the time. All right, you the, put them right right there, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I've been in some areas, you know, uh, uh, where I'm scared for for my okay. life about that. But I've never been on a date where I. Yeah, I've never been on a date where I thought I was going to get killed, you know. Yeah, it's it's just it's a weird, it's hard to to describe. It, it, it's just there's certain things that you have it's to awful. be aware of, and so that's my point. Is I think guy, I think I would imagine dads know what men are capable of—the good, the bad, and the ugly—and yeah. they know that that you know your your daughter's going into the world with limited knowledge of how to navigate that. Cause you really, it's a trial and error kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, so I mean, I get, I get things- some of the fear, but I understand what you're saying too, is like, you have to accept that and, and do the best you can to nourish it and make sure she's prepared. Yeah, of course. You know, for all yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly. Yes. You know, of course. Okay. Anyway. Back to wizards of Waverly pod. <laughs> Digressing so hard. Um, so uh, basically they tell her about it and she rejects it because she thinks the whole, she sees the dress, it's pink and poofy and the whole Which is very not Alex. Very not Alex. It's too girly. Even when she hears about the the shoe to the, the flat shoe to the heel, she's like, oh, well, I'll go from the low converse to the high top converse Clever. and that will be mine. Um, which also was very indicative of Disney at the time. There's like a Demi Lovato camp rock thing. Oh, no, no, no. The song that she had, I think it's like La La Land or something where she's like, I wear my Converse. In, 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 in Camp Rock? 
No, this is uh, this oh, is on else. her like first album or something, ah, okay. like Hollywood Records. Um, but yeah, like that's that was very big. The super like up to your knee Converse at the time. Did Selena do Hollywood Records too? Yeah. I guess if you were a Disney yeah. kid and you were singing, you had yeah, to yeah, sign with them. Right? Yeah, I think when she was the scene, she was with Hollywood Records. Yeah, the scene, right? Um, Selena and the scene. I'll never uh, forget when she was leaving because when we changed, because we used to be a Monday Friday and then we changed to a Wednesday. Tuesday show, meaning that those were the five days that we worked and mm -hmm. we had finished rehearsing on Friday and she was going to do whatever concert for Saturday and Sunday. And she was like, why did I want to do singing too? I, I think she still so has funny. those moments. Admittedly. <laughs> I think she still has moments because it's a, it's a lot. It's really grueling, yeah. especially like with her lupus and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, I think she still has moments where she's like, oh Lord, I need a break, which is fair. She's got a lot going on. Um, okay. So. Then Magdalena, Teresa's wrestling obsessed mother, shows so up funny. at the sub shop. I love that detail. Uh, Magdalena is played by Belita Marino, who played Benny and George Lopez. Six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. Maria was also on an episode of George Lopez with Belita back in 2006. So two years before this episode. She was such a character. So fun. So, just so talk about immersing yeah. yourself. She yeah. just was right in there. Jumped right in, didn't miss a beat. And yeah. I love the like wrestling obsessed you know, there's a, when, when we first encounter each other, I'm eating a piece of cake and she's like, Oh, that's exactly how I saw you a year like, ago. I lost 15 pounds. Or I, whatever. No, I said, I lost five. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, I just found it in your waistline or whatever. And then, and then uh, Maria and Selena have a, a little problem and leave. And then I say to her, <laughs> um, they get very emotional when you make fun of my weight, which I thought was funny. I yeah. like that. It was very funny. She was great. She was very talented. And I think she came back. I think she did too. Yeah. Maybe for the, uh, for maybe for family game night. Could be. I feel like we'll or get maybe there. the episode that I directed, the Lucha Luchador. Oh one, yeah. It might've, cause that would make sense for her to come back for that one. Yeah. I think it's the Luchador one. You guys will tell us, you know, Yeah, and, and we'll and, catch up and we'll find out on episode <laughs> next <laughs> episode 450. Um, so while Mag Magdalena is visiting the, uh, for the quinceanera, uh, and tells Alex when Teresa was 15. So this is where she reveals like, Hey, she's really disappointed. She's really pushing this. Cause Alex is like not understanding. She's like, why is it so important to you? Leave it alone. This is very stage mom. Because a lot of moms, not you and your mom, no, but no. a lot of stage moms are like, I couldn't be so an I actress, you so I'm going to do my yeah. daughter to do it. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. So, um, so, but I also think a lot of parents want their kids to have something they didn't have. I think the stage mom element like brings in the weird aspects of the entertainment industry, which is odd and like profiting off your kids. And there's yeah. a whole thing about that, but yeah. there's a lot of stuff about that. But um, I think- more so in this situation, I took it more of like, she just wants her to have what she couldn't. Or yeah. Didn't, you know? Um, Cause she, there's, yeah, there's no profit to be made. There's no industry, adult industry to like put them into. Um, but anyway, so she lets her know, she lets Alex know like, Hey, she's really intense on this because when she was 15, she didn't have a quinceanera of her own. Um, cause Teresa's parents couldn't afford it, which, uh, I'm sure cause it's an expensive party, you oh my know? God, yeah. It's very, uh, so I'm uh, sure a lot of people can relate to that, but that's why it's so important, uh, to Teresa for Alex to have one. Alex feels bad, goes to Teresa and says that she's changed her minds and wants in quinceanera after all while secretly plotting to swap bodies with her the whole time so that Teresa can finally experience her own. What was your most uh, memorable teenage birthday? 
Um, uh, Does this have to be like your sweet 16? Because I know you and I both didn't have quinceaneras because yeah, it'd be weird if you had one. But I, I, I think my 21st birthday was a surprise party. Really? Yeah. My girlfriend at yeah. the time, who became my wife, drove me. We were just going to have dinner at my parents' house. And I was like, what the fuck? There's so many cars on the. And it wasn't uncommon for there to be like a, a party on on the street yeah. that I grew up in, in the, in the Palisades. And I walked in, and, I, and the surprise party. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so amazing!" Um, so that that you know mm-hmm. um, was fun because I wasn't expecting it. I had no expectations, and and so many people were there, and it was nice. It's. Have you ever had it a surprise lovely. party? Um. No, I have. I have. My 19th birthday, my friend Mark um, threw a surprise party at his house. Um, and I think it was a surprise party. That or it had surprise elements to it. Like you got like an <laughs> ice cream truck and like oh. all this like like really nice. I like Mark. Stuff. No, Mark's, Mark's awesome. I've known Mark for pff, since I was 16, I think. So I've known Mark for a really long time. Um, but yeah, so he's, and he's actually friends with Devin too. Um, synergy. Um, but yeah, so there was like, if that wasn't a, I don't think that was a surprise party, but there were surprise elements to it. Yeah. Um, which was really very, very nice. Cause like I said, he had an ice cream truck. I had, I threw myself a party one time when I was, that's the way to do it. Yeah. When I was 40, I -hmm. threw my own, a party at my house. I had a lot of people come. I had a catered and stuff. And I don't do that. I never did anything yeah. for myself. I, I There's no, I, I just do it for the others, you know, but I was like, I'm turning 40. Yeah, it's a big birthday. And I think it was, uh, yeah, November. It, it, there was something about the date. It was, you know, it was 11, 11, 11 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It so was, wait, it was your golden November, birthday? November 11th. 2011. Your golden birthday was on your 40th birthday. That's so special. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. Well, and you remember the big, the, probably the biggest party I've had was my sweet 16, which you yeah, were at, yeah. which was at the Cicada club downtown. Still and one of my favorite places. Gorgeous. It was so good. It was so good. The dancing. I, and it was very Jen Stone it because funny. it was very like four. It was old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. It was old Hollywood themed. Um, and I, yeah, I'd asked everybody to come dressed up as the forties and, some people, which I get, some people don't love a theme party. So some people, excuse me, came really like to the nines, really embraced it, had a good time. And then some people just were like, no, <laughs> which is fine. But it was so fun. Yeah. And it was, I, I think it was like sponsored by like Popstar magazine or something at the time. That's but so yeah, fun. that was probably like my biggest like blow up birthday was my sweet 16. So I can relate to like, you know, because the quinceanera is at 15. So Jerry's line I thought we agreed. No womanhood. <laughs> no womanhood. So uh, hard. So hard. I loved it. I, you know, in this episode, I think there's two or three times where I'm supposed to get emotional, mm-hmm. you know? And I, when I teach acting, I say, you have to think about something that's a, a genuine thing because we'll see it. Mm-hmm. We know if you're uh, making it up or not, if yeah. you're not feeling it inside, yeah. you know? I don't know what I was feeling exactly, but it worked. It yeah. made me laugh and... I think people say, you know, do you like to do comedy or drama or whatever? It's It all is real emotions. Whether yeah. you're doing something that's funny or something that's serious, it's it's sincere or else it's not. Well, it's about good. finding the truth in anything. Right. So it just made, I made myself laugh when I was, 
I got emotional. No, it was funny. I like well, and that. I feel like you. What a beautiful thing about you is like you are really in touch with your emotions. So I, I feel like it's a little. It's it's accessible. I you know. I know. That. I know. Not like for actors, like some days are easier than others. But like I feel like it. You know. Um, it's harder for some people to get I do, to that place. I go real intense though when I'm talking to the kids when I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I I, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but I'm like you know what's something that makes you happy or saying you know and they're like uh, um, I don't know uh, this movie and I'm like no you gotta go deeper you gotta get you know I know it's like, I do what's, too what's intense but that's you know? hard because I feel like that's not like a socially especially these days, I feel like a lot of stuff can be, it's, it seems to be all or nothing. It's either really surface or super, super deep. Right. So with right? that, so said, getting them to right. access that and to link it to a scene is yeah. tricky. Right. Right. It is tricky, but I, this is what I didn't want to say. I'm like, uh, you got to go real, you know, got to go real, you know, to the thing that makes you sad. I'm like, what if you think about like, uh, your dog dying? And I was, and, and, and then one time somebody's like, my dog just died, and I'm like, oh, oh fuck, that's shit. the wrong thing it's to always, say. It's always, I know, but, it's always, yeah. But you think of something like that, and it can get you there like that, you know? I, I like if to you use allow a, yourself Yes, to. I like to use a combination of things, because I agree, like, if it's not honest or truthful, like, it, it just, there's a veneer between you and the audience as an actor. Um, do you think, do you think of, of, of imaginary circumstances and make them real or are you, I'm more are that. you thinking about I'm more that where I try to do a lot of research with the character and, and get myself to that place. Right. And sometimes like if I'm, if I'm hitting a wall, I'll kind of do the substitution of like mm-hmm. putting something that I can relate to more yeah. into it. But it, it hits different emotional depths sometimes for me when I put myself in a place I'm not used to. Cause yeah. I feel like my, my thing with like the, the dog dying thing is your brain wants to adapt. It wants to overcome. And so if you use the same memory over and over again, it falls flat and it doesn't hit the same. And I also feel like there's different emotional, I mean, I could talk about this forever and everyone would fall asleep and turn this off, but like, I, I feel like there's different emotional depths to certain things and different experiences. And like, we're kind of a, uh, a bottomless well of different like nuanced emotions. So for me, it makes a lot more sense to try to tap into whatever the character's going through because otherwise it may not have the same nuance. Yeah, that you sounds know? great. I, I love that. I think that's so interesting. And I love that everybody's, you know, uh, uh, plan of action when they're doing it can be can be different. But also you know? too, like on the day, like, you know, all the tricks and tips that you use oh cannot God. work. And then you have to like go to the bottom of the toolbox, you know? Yulia was just uh, uh, transcribing and is going to be directing into German this Anne Hathaway movie. Yeah. And she has this very long speech. And she's talking and this and that and this and that. And a good minute in, mm-hmm. she just kind of like brushes her eye like this. Mm-hmm. And then she starts crying. I'm like, what? Did she fucking put something on her aunt? You know Maybe. what I mean? I know when I was a kid, I was such a perfectionist that the menthol stick to me was like, I failed. Right. But but there's the a, audience doesn't know. No, but there's also too like, because I feel like. It, I've never used a menthol stick, by the way. <laughs> to, to me, it takes you out of it because I feel like you're not you're fighting it but also too i acknowledge the fact like if it's a long day like and you're doing a million takes like you can't physically do that over and over right. again and Anne, 
I wasn't saying you did it or not. I don't know, you know, if that She happened. definitely watches this podcast. There, I'm, I'm going to jump back into the show, but I'm going to say that I, when I was little, mm -hmm. uh, I did a movie that my dad directed called Hot Stuff, and I'm in the movie. My mom is, my brother's, and I play his son, and I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be crying, and I was like, I cried. Like you can look You're it up. You're a crier. I am a it's crier. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I used to be. I. It's funny. I never. I. I didn't cry when I was a kid because I felt, and I put a lot of the pressure on myself. My parents didn't really put it on me, but like I put the pressure on myself to be the kid that had it all together, which I think is where a lot of that like perfectionism came from. Um, and so I didn't cry once I was cognizant of it because, or at least I tried not to, because to me it was a sign of weakness and it was a sign that I didn't have it all together. But then getting older as an actress, like every other freaking thing, she burst into tears. She right. burst into tears. But you can do that. You've done yeah, no, but, but I had to reteach myself. So I literally used to listen to like Les Mis in the car or like whatever. And I tapped into something um, where I would, st I, like, I got to a place where, like, I would cry at IMS commercials or whatever. <laughs> but then after the pandemic, like, I don't know if I had to, it's been an interesting balance. I have to say, it's been an interesting balance going from acting and nursing and balancing the two because with acting, my emotions have to be so at the surface and I have to be so receptive to emotion and empathy and things like that. And with nursing, I have to be empathetic, but, like, I can't, I can't feel that in the moment because I have to keep going. Yeah. And so I think after the pandemic, I kind of reverted back to that like protective mechanism of like, it's a sign of weakness. And I don't believe that now, but I think it, it's, it was just out of necessity that I couldn't break down or I couldn't get upset or I couldn't take that pain in because I had to keep going. Yeah. And so it's interesting just kind of, I'm in kind of this weird middle place now, um, whether where I'm either like totally numb or like, bursting into tears there's like no in between because i'm still recalibrating that if you will well keep recalibrating that's life uh, it's all good all right so back to quinceanera that's back to quinceanera um so teresa sends justin and max to this dance class to prepare a dance for alex's quinceanera at dance class justin and max have no success in dancing um after getting in a fight with the dance teacher um over what a real salsa is Magdalena <laughs> decides to teach the boys herself, starting with one, two, three, wrestle. And then they wrestle out the door of the dance class, which I think is so fun. Um, then we're back with Alex. Uh, she's with her mom wearing a tiara and a very fluffy pink gown and looking uncomfortable right before her quinceanera starts. Um, Therese admires how beautiful she is. And then Alex very quickly switches bodies with her and we're off on the shenanigans of the episode. Which is very Freaky Friday. Very Freaky Friday. Very Jamie Lee Curtis. Very Lindsay Lohan, yeah. which was a great version of that. Yeah. Right before this happened, Harper comes in and Alex quickly uh, switches bodies with her mom. Uh, very pleased with herself. Alex explains her reasons and why she's agreed to have one. Teresa's shocked at first, but after admiring herself in the mirror, wearing the dress she'd picked out, she decides to stay in Alex's body for the quinceanera. So she jumps on board very quickly because yeah. she wants to have it. And it helps the story. And it helps the 22 <laughs> minutes that we have to operate with. And as all, just like it was a treat to watch you and Selena switch roles. It mm -hmm. was so fun to watch Maria and Selena. Yeah, they did a great job. They did such a good job. It's interesting because you wanna you wanna study the other person so that you know mm -hmm. what they what they are. And their like, mannerisms. You know, and, yeah. yeah, and that kind of thing. And we all so. have these like little ticks too. So I feel like, you know, 
like I know I mess with my hair all the time, but like no, yeah. actually, you haven't in a long time. So I'm you can That's, mess, you can do whatever the fuck you want with no, your hair. No, I know, I know. But you know, just because it's in the way. And and you had asked me what you know, like yeah, you, you yeah, know, yeah. So and I told you that. No, but, but it's a tick. Like it, it's kind of like I think we all have like our little ticks. But what's your tick? Uh, saying the word fuck all the time. I don't <laughs> That's know. That's not a tick. Um, I know. I I feel like I. I'm going to pay more attention to you. I want to figure out what Oh, shit. Jen's looking for my tick. I'm looking for your tick. That um, sounds wrong. What's, okay, so fun fact about this episode. In the background, my best friend since birth from Texas, Rebecca, uh, is one of the extras. She's actually about to have her first baby, which oh, is wow. so, it was so weird watching this back, knowing that she's about to give birth to her, uh, to a baby girl, you know? I, and I love that you said first baby. Well, I mean, well, how do we know there's going to be more? I, I don't like know. I mean, that's baby. her choice, yeah. but like, just to, for reference, it's not like she's already had a kid. It's right. like, I feel like the first baby, like, and you can attest this way more than I could with my, you know, sad. The first baby's my, a mistake. My, my, no. <laughs> Wait, no, but but you know, if you're having a baby, you're, you're probably no. But it's a, that first. Ex I feel like the second kid's a different experience. That's why yeah. I said first baby. Um, but the, she's on the left hand side. But she had the. She got to be the extra. Because yeah, so she, she flew was out. visiting you. And yeah, then, she well, no, she flew out, and we were like, let's make you an extra in the thing. Yeah. And she was like excited about the money she made, you know. And so she was in the green dress, and then on the right side of the table is one of Victor's daughter, Victor Gonzalez, our one of our like yes. directors that directed a ton of episodes. And all very nepotism. Well, <laughs> lots of nepotism. Well, I mean, it's not like they're getting the lead role, you know, like they're right, but you know, I mean, just in the it's, background. It's but nice. it's a fun and little Easter yeah, egg. There's no reason that it shouldn't be Victor's daughter or your friend, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. it's they're, they're doing this the job, and it's nice to have them there and, and participate. Yeah. You know? um, and okay. by the way, Victor has said he's going to do the podcast. Oh, great! At, at, at some point, yeah, because we talked and about getting Victor and Guy Distad, who was yeah. our first AD, who later went on to direct episodes, right? Which was so cool to see that evolution of just somebody's artistry and their work and being able to see them go from one position into a directing position. So yeah. I can't wait to talk to them. That'll be really yeah, fun. And just awesome. hang out with them. Well, I mean, we've had dinners and stuff with them recently, but if for, in front of all of you good people. <laughs> um, okay. So at the party, Justin finds out that Alex switched bodies with Teresa, but decides to keep it a secret um, because obviously Magdalena's around and all these people. Justin and Max remind Magdalena that she never taught them dance lessons. She just wrestled with them. Um, but she had completely forgotten about it. She decides to look for a gift for Alex instead. She's very flighty. She's very like gets distracted by things. She was a funny, she's a funny character. Um, and it's interesting because she seemed like Maria's mom. You know she what did. I mean? She did. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or if they just naturally had that chemistry, but she, I agree. She did very much seem like, uh, Maria's mom. Um, so Justin and Max are panicking, obviously, because they have this big dance number that everyone's going to watch, and they have nothing prepared. Right. So they do the body switching spell with the dance with teachers. With the dance teachers, right. Which was so funny. Um, and it's funny because when when Selena uh, does like the, you know. The, the dirty pretty, dancing the lift. Dirty dancing, yeah. the, the, photo, the, the picture of her when she's like, I'm up here, you know, or when Maria was up there or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just was funny because the, you never see the ceiling. In, in any there sitcom, was no ceiling. there's no ceiling, but yeah. they had to put one in yeah. in order to shoot up like oh, that. Oh, I didn't think know? about that. Yeah, because yeah, with the, I mean, for those who don't know. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, so when they have them, they're these like three walled sets, right? And they don't have a ceiling because you have lights and stuff coming down there. Um, but yeah, I, I forgot about that. Up, then, yeah, they yeah, have to add you, a ceiling yeah. above that. That's actually a really good point. 
I didn't think about that. The big, um, good, the good dancing. That great was dancing. Clever. We loved a dance sequence on Wizards. Yeah. The zombie prom's my favorite dance sequence. Oh, Which I can't one wait. was your favorite to do? This, this, the, this, this little, one. I mean, it wasn't so much like da- oh no no because this 50s, is like choreography. The fifties one was good. I was about to say I was like I, I I thought that you had said you really loved the fifty ones. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's a really fun one. Um, did David do the lift or did they have a stunt person do that? I can't the remember. The way that they shot it. I did not see David. I was about to say, it was very intentional of like, he did it. And then all of a sudden, like a plate. And then they brought in and blocked his face. That's why I was thinking it wasn't him. It had to have been a stunt person. Yeah. Um, Not that David couldn't have done it. You know, he he worked out enough at the time. (laughs) He did. Um, He could have lifted her. But like, I'm sure for safety reasons, they just had a stunt person do it. Okay. So Justin reminds Alex that she needs to switch back soon before sunset. But then Magdalena corners Alex. Um, and or Alex slash Teresa, it's so confusing, and starts reading a letter from Teresa's dad about when Teresa was born that apparently he read at like every family gathering, right, which was funny, which was very funny. What did she um, say? He read it even when he won a lottery ticket, or yeah, something? and like funerals and dinners and like all these different places. Uh, this wastes precious time uh, before sundown, and so Max distracts Magdalena by tossing her speech in a punch bowl and then challenging her to a wrestling match. I know some wrestling terms, <laughs> um, but yeah, rather than grappling, he just like jumped into her. It reminded me of like because my dad loves WWE, and there's no convincing him that it's not fake. Um, really? But he, Wait a minute! Come on. I, I this is my argument with him every single time he watches it. He thinks it's real. He, it's choreographed. Either, either I mean, he's playing it because he thinks it's funny that he thinks it's real or he truly thinks it's real. I, I'm 50-50 split. All right, next time I see your dad, I'm going to yeah, ask, ask him. Yeah, ask him. Be like, dude, come on. Because I have this conversation <laughs> with him every time and every time he's like, no, 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 it's real, it's real. Um, so Alex finally switches back. Um, Teresa thanks Alex for letting her have her own quinceanera. And then later, one of my favorite moments was during the father and daughter dance. Jerry thanks Alex for doing this for Teresa and making her happy. And Jerry tells Alex how proud he is of her. And then they both have this tearful, heartfelt moment. It's a good, it's yeah. a really sweet, you know, like sitcom traditionally is jokes, jokes, jokes. Mm-hmm. And there's still jokes in this little interaction that Selena and I have, but it it just is so heartfelt and so sweet. And yeah. there's a really genuine, nice moment that happened in kind of a crazy kooky show. Yeah. And, I, and I just, I love that. It, it, it was really... It it was important, yeah. I think, for our uh, relationship in the show to have that, because if you have that foundation uh, in your relationship, then anything can happen, you know. Well, yeah, because she even says she says you love me even when I do magic behind your back, and I'm like, yeah, even then, you know, yeah. like no matter what, I love yeah, you like forever, that unconditionally, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's why too, like. Because we've talked about in, in other episodes about how, you know, family is not simple, right? Like sometimes you don't get lucky enough to have a dad that like loves you unconditionally or or, or a mom or right. whatever. And so I think for a lot of time, a lot of people like they escape into the sort of the sitcom world because it is a lot less gray than real life. You know what I mean? Like there it's granted Disney loves to kill a parent. Uh, we, I feel like we were or one starting, of, yeah, like Bambi, like you Bambi know. and well, even like sweet life where it was just the mom. I mean, right. they showed the dad on the show, but he wasn't like a regular character. Ah. Um, but Ooh, do you remember who that was or no? No, uh. I, I'm not, this is not a sweet life rewatch because, podcast. Like, sorry. But like Phil, 
uh, um, he was kind of Lewis. a father figure yeah, yeah, exactly. on that show, but he wasn't like officially their dad. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we were one of like the few shows that had two parents. I think like that's a Raven had two parents. Good luck, Charlie. Good luck, it. Charlie. Even well, maybe not. So maybe it was a split. Like maybe fifty percent of the shows had but, one but, parent. But like the the animated movies, the like uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, there was always one parent. A Little Mermaid, like yeah, exactly. They mm-hmm. always is like a little. There's more empathy for the lead character of something if they become an orphan or something, you know, if if they're if they're having a hardship, yeah, or whatnot, or, or <laughs> hardship or whatnot. Every time I have a hardship or whatnot, I'm going <laughs> to say it like that. Um, my favorite though is how like you're having this beautiful tearful moment, and then of course they have to have a button with you being upset by how much the cantiniere costs. Yeah. Because I think Alex says something to the effect of like, and it's like, and also that it costs so much and you're like, oh, yeah. and you start I'm, like well, really crying. I, I say I'm all cried out. Yeah. And then they start crying again. Yeah. I'm a crier. I cry at commercials. You know? I, like I said, I got myself to that place. Yeah. There was an IMS commercial. I know I've, I've talked about this before, but there was an IMS commercial where like, the, it was Wait, the- What is IMS? The, the dog food. Oh, it's dog food. Um, I know Beneful because I did- a beneficial commercial, but <laughs> and now I know I'm so okay. But um, but it was the dog. It was in the voiceover of the dog, and it was this beautiful, like bucolic, like rolling down like this, like hills, this beautiful green hillside, throwing a ball, and all these great images. And it's the dog's voiceover being like. I knew that I had to go get the ball because if I didn't, you had a hard day and it was just going to make your day harder. <laughs> and so I just was like, oh, like I called my mom being like this dog and the thing. And I still, to this day, I'm on this TikTok algorithm. I can't get off where it's all like the Sarah McLaughlin, like he's going to be euthanized tomorrow. Oh, like no. come get this dog. So it's all these like rescue stories. And I find myself crying over that so much. Like yeah. animals, anything with animals just... Cause they just, they just are so pure and they just love you and, and people are not. I know. I, Tony, <laughs> Tony, the joy when I get oh home, my God. he just is so excited to see me and uh, it feels good. My cat's punishing me. I just want to, um, what did you do? Well, I went to NorCal for like two weeks yeah. to help like firefighters like wrap up fires. Which is season. amazing that you do that. I appreciate it. But, uh, my cat, since I got home, she usually sleeps with me and like cuddles up in my nook. And, um, she's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. No, you know what she's done? I'm like, what the fuck is this? She hasn't not slept with me since I got back. She sleeps on my coat that smells like me. I'm like, you could just fucking sleep with me. I smell a lot more like me than that fucking coat. She's punishing you. She's punishing me. She's not sleeping. And literally I left this morning and she was sleeping on the coat. Because even during the day she'll sleep on it. And she just was looking at me with the saddest eyes. Like if Sarah McLaughlin started playing, I'd be like, this this tracks. I have an idea. Sleep in the coat. Then I'll just get sweaty. (laughs) Then I'm going to go full DeLuise and just be sweating my balls off. Um, There I am. David DeLuise, ball sweater. (laughs) I didn't say ball sweat. I said sweating my balls off. Very different. Very different. Um, Okay. So our tag in this. Yeah. What was it again? I'm about to tell you. Yeah. The end credit scene, Magdalena accidentally discovers the wizard Uh, lair. She wanders in there, mistakes it for a wrestling room and starts wrestling Max again right out the door they into really, the thing. They went full force with the they wrestling. They went full force with the wrestling. Let me walk into this wizard's lair. Oh, this is a wrestling but room. didn't question at all that she walked into the refrigerator in the sub shop. It's a totally different room. <laughs> right, I didn't think about right? that. Right, like she walks into the refrigerator, I'm sure to get food or something, and then she walks in there, it's a totally different room, and she's like, obviously, wrestling room. Even though there's no ring, there's no mat, there's no indication of anything. <laughs> 
it's absolutely a fucking wizard's lair because there's like crystal balls, there's yeah. knights, there's all this stuff, like potions and shit. Really and she's funny. like, no, wrestling. It just, it was too funny. It's too funny, funny that she just was like, and very, we got to wrap this up so we don't have time to like right. go down this rabbit hole. Oh um, so the spell this week is the Kapia Kapuram. Mia Kapora Suanumanavi, which is Tony. I'm already going to answer the Tony? question. I'm going to okay. switch. If I switch, you know, from him, you know, I switch with Tony. You know me the so well. fucking joy. That fucking dog. You think you're pretty we carry joyful. Him. Yeah, I am joyful. But we carry him. We pick up his shit. We, you know, we feed him. We massage him. We do whatever. It's he's Prince Tony. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. can can I switch with the dog? Of course. Okay. Of course. You've already switched with a guinea pig. Now, you can who, switch who, with the dog. Who would you switch with? I would switch. You know what I would do? There, I don't have a specific person in mind, but like I would switch with someone who has a life that I think that I would want to see if I really want it. But you got to say who. I don't, but I don't, like there's different, like there's so many different, I'm at this place in my life where I could go a lot of different directions. All right, here's the question. Yeah. Would you switch with Marilyn Monroe? Would no, you her life was so hard. Okay, good. Her life was so difficult. I, I think she's a fascinating person. I yeah. think she's a beautiful human being. I would love to- Norma Jean explore her as as a character yeah. um but i i just i look her life was really sad yeah, her no, life no, like 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 she like people underestimated her her entire life she was incredibly intelligent have incredibly watched, giving have you watched the new documentary of, of the someone who has recorded tapes oh, yeah. of all the interviews and everything yeah. and they have the i pretty much absorb who, anything yeah, of hers that but they have the guy the who was driving except the for ambulance blonde, I, I didn't want to except for uh, i didn't watch that but, 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 blonde, but blonde, it, this is the thing that pisses me off about blonde. I'm going to go on a rant for a second is the fact everybody that everybody sit down. It. <laughs> They're like, Jennifer's talking again. Um, but I, I haven't seen it in all fairness, but I didn't want to see it because I felt like, first of all, it's based on a fiction and they, I, to me, they needed to do a better job of making that more clear because I feel like a lot of people are just going to take it as fact. Mm. It was based on a fictional book. It was directed by a guy. And I feel like Marilyn's entire life was the male perception of her. Mm. And it was projecting this male perception. And she so, I mean, there were so many photo shoots where she was trying to show how, you know, much of a bibliophile she was and, and how intelligent she was and, and going to like the actor's studio and all of these things. And, and it just fell on deaf ears because everyone just looked at her as an object. And, and to me, that movie would just fell into more of that. And that's the last thing we need. Right. The last thing we need is to objectify her in death um, more. Yeah. Then she already was in life. Like, well, get, like, tell her story right. Like, why haven't we had that story from a female director? It makes me fucking crazy. Yeah. So much so, I'm hitting my face on this microphone. I, I, this, this uh, documentary. I, I now I, I want to see the movie, but this documentary was so fascinating because he had the interviews with many different people, and mm -hmm. she like lived with her therapist and the family. Yeah, for a little there was while. a lot of. It reminds me somewhat of like the the insularity of fame. So like when you're that famous and that much of an icon, kind of like Britney Spears now, where it's like she's, there's been some dynamics that aren't super healthy or aren't right. super great because you, it becomes very insular where you kind of have to be cut off from everybody and from normal life. Yeah. Last night I watched Britney Spears audition for The Notebook. And guess what? Mm -hmm. She was fucking great. 
She was really good. There, yeah. Have you seen this? No, I've seen it. Oh, I've seen so her in the beginning, too. she's. I, I like eye contact. I like it when you're yeah. acting and you're looking. In the beginning, she kind of looked away a few times. Yeah. But when she got emotional, she was really. I was yeah. like, I mean, listen. When you think of Britney Spears, you don't really think of acting. But I was very impressed. Crossroads with, with what was she great. Did. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, was that when they were on the beach or something? No, that or, was the road oh, trip movie. It was like Zoe Saldana and like, that was her movie. Uh, that was her movie that she had where it was like three girls. It was like her, Zoe Saldana and like Taryn Manning. And mm. they were in like a road trip movie. Uh, that was Crossroads. That was like her one big movie yeah. that she did. That's a tough, that's a tough thing to be in that zone. To be it's in that. just isolating. Yeah. I, I would imagine um, it's really isolating. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't, sorry, back to the, the spell, mm. just to bring it full circle yeah. and not to go too much down the rabbit hole. Um, you wouldn't switch with TC or Tom Cruise or, or Nicolas Cage? No, no. I, I, it's interesting because I, I, the reason or I Keanu said- Or Keanu Reeves? No, I don't want to, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm very happy in my life. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I, I watched this thing recently where a woman said, you know, um, imagine achieving all of your biggest dreams and your goals and how that would feel and everything. And she was like, how about we feel like that now? Yeah. How about we have Instead that of inside of us? Instead of it always being a goal we get yeah, to. So I don't know who I would want to uh, switch with. There isn't, there isn't a specific thing, but if you guys have someone that you want to switch with, please let us know. It's, it's a very interesting, actually, it's yeah, a tough question. It's a cool, it's, it, it reminds me of like the, um, the, uh, the questions that used to be at the end of Vanity Fair. The, uh, we've talked know. about this, the, the, uh, Proust questionnaire. Tell me one of the, what was one of the, well, was there a one standard of the, the biggest, questions? The biggest one, they kind of overlaps with, um, with like the inside the actor studio questions, right? Of like, if you go to heaven, what do you want God to say? But like right. the Prowse questionnaire would be things like, what's your idea of a perfect day? There's a whole questionnaire. Um, I used to. Doing a podcast with Jen Stone. Aww. I'll pay you later. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a whole list of like questions right. that, that uh, Marcel Prowse came up with. Um, you know, because Marcel Proust is exactly why people tune into a Wizards Rewatch <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, so it, it's just an interesting questionnaire if you ever want like deep questions um, for people. I like that. I like that because it makes us think about stuff. You know, I, listen, I, this is one of my favorite episodes. I love that we got to to dance and I'm really happy that I got to see it again because yeah. it really, this episode made me laugh a lot. I think it's a fan favorite too, just because it hits so much like on the heartfeltness. And I, I think it's a really good balance of heart and, and comedy and, and goofiness and silliness, but also without um, removing the emotional aspect from it. Cause not, yeah. a, not all of our episodes are like that. Some episodes are just straight goofy and some right. episodes, you know, like a lot, especially when we get to like Alex and Mason, like those are some pretty emotional episodes for yeah. Disney shows. So um, I think this episode's a really good balance. So I think a lot of the fans agree with you. Well, here's to quinceañeras. Quinceañeras. Cheers. And cheers to you guys. See you next week. Cheers. Bye. Thanks so much for watching this week's episode of Wizards of Waverly Pod. If you want to watch clips from the show, you can check out the Wizards Pod Clips YouTube channel, and the link is in the description. And if you just can't get enough Wizards, join our Patreon for exclusive bonus content. The link is in the description for that as well. I'll see you guys next week.